0: Well, here we are, everybody, and I'm not going to be depressed. I'm not going to be sad. The Cavs don't deserve it, guys. The Cavs are garbage. They played like garbage. Uh, they're a gutless basketball team, and that's you know pretty much sums it up. But we'll get your thoughts on it in a minute. We here we are. It's a Thursday edition of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show with G and Jason and me, and a lot to get to today. Uh, Terrell Brandon, some people call him Brandon Terrell, is <laughs> expected to join us a little <laughs> later in the show. Uh, we'll, we'll hope for the best there. We'll hope to call by the proper name, and uh, we'll talk about the Guardians. We will talk about Giannis or the Bucks getting eliminated, and all that. But guys, uh, before we jump into all of it, let's get to my bet. By the way, I'm making people a lot of money out there, so I, I'm, I'm expecting tips from all you are making money off me. Go ahead, Mikey.
1: Bull is 16 and 8 on his baseball bets, 30 and 24 overall here. So we are going to continue to ride with our guy Bull and his daily bet with bet rivers hey ohio bet rivers online sportsbook is the place to be for every single game right now is the perfect time to join bet Rivers sportsbook when you use the deposit code sports you receive a second chance bet up to five hundred dollars get in on all the action with weekly specials on your favorite sports like basketball baseball and hockey to help you win big bowl is 16 and 8 don't forget that check them out at betrivers.com. download the bet rivers app today for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. And, boy, your last double bet day for the next six because Anthony will be gone.
0: Wow. Shoot. Mike cannot handle a double bet day. Uh, I had the di- uh, Diamondbacks yesterday minus a run and a half, right? That was my pick. And biggest. they won by two, correct. They won two to nothing. So, it took it was closer than I thought, but it was good enough. Two bets today. I like the Pirates. Plus, Pirates are playing great baseball, one of the biggest surprises in all the big leagues. Eventually, they'll come back to earth, but not quite yet. One guy I really believe in, in the Pirates. I've believed in him for a long time, and he's finally pitching like the guy I thought he would be. Mitch Keller, top prospect. Struggled his first few years in the big leagues. Right now, he's pitching great. The Dodgers are favored, even though the game's in Pittsburgh, even though the Pirates are playing better, and even though Mitch Keller's been real good. I like the Pirates to win. I'll take the run and a half, but I think they win outright. And uh, even though he spelled White Sox wrong, <laughs> uh, that's why I'm going against it. Uh, the White going, Soxes. White Soxes. No White Soxes. Uh, this I'm is what 10, happens 30. when you send the bet in at 10:45. No, that's true. It was late. You know. Listen, I'm very timely in general, guys. You know that. But I was a little late today. It wasn't. Was it 10:45? You sent the bet about 10:35. But that's 10:25. 10:25. No. No. 10:30. Right, uh, anyway, I'm taking the Rays. They've been winning every game. I think they'll win by two. The White Sox are absolute trash. Uh, big, one of the biggest surprises in the league. I think the Cardinals are the biggest disappointment. But anyway, baseball later, guys. Let's get right into it and let's begin with with the biggest topic. Who
2: do you blame the most for the Cavs losing in five games? G. Bush. While y'all get started, I'm gonna get me some Tyler on and take this right now because these dudes is giving me a headache. So what we're gonna do before I even get into it, I need to get myself together and prepared to talk about this. Okay. Travesty. Look at Go that, ahead, Jason. Jason. You start us off. Who do you blame the most for the Cavs losing in five?
0: Boy,
3: it's hard to pick one. <laughs> it, it really it really is. I mean, when you lose in five, there's plenty of blame to go around. Everybody yeah. everybody has to share in it.
0: Is it's there not... anybody that doesn't get any blame? I don't think there's a single person. Uh, Robin Lopez. Okay. <laughs> I don't, no blame, blame, for I don't Robin. blame Robin Lopez. Yeah, I don't no blame, blame Sam Robin.
3: Merrill. Yeah. Uh, I don't blame Nito, Neto. Raphael? Yeah, what about who? What
0: about Mamadi?
3: I don't blame Mamadi. him.
0: That's Mobley's brother, right? I don't blame no, no, him. no. no oh, no, a... Mobley's brother. I don't blame him either. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I, don't, I don't blame Donovan's dad. Yeah, no. He was there. I don't yeah. blame him. I do blame Donovan. Yeah. I, 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 you know, if you're going to make me pick one, I'm, I'm actually going to pick Donovan because he's the one that was on the floor and he had a terrible series. Yeah. They brought him here for situations like this, and he didn't deliver. Two years in a row, he got run by Brunson in the first round. He's been in the league six years. He's won two playoff series. He's never made a conference final you got a lot to prove now, as far as I'm concerned with Donovan Mitchell. And, and I'm going to put a lot of blame on Kobe for constructing this roster. You know, I was joking with some people yesterday. They were complaining about JB. I, I, I don't know if JB's any good or not. I don't know. But I know that you gave him hamburger helper and spoiled milk and told him, told him to go bake a cake. And this is what you get. So there's plenty of blame to go around. But I'm putting it on roster
2: construction and Donovan Mitchell. G. Bush. Um... Like you said, Jason said a lot. Um, there's a lot of people I could just, it, it, to me, it's any, mini money, mo. I could blindfold myself and just pick somebody, and and, and that would work well for me. Um, but, but I'm going to go um, also to roster construction. Um, one of the big glaring issues is the fact that they really didn't do anything at the All-Star break to, to make this team better. They got rid of Kevin Love, and we can all say right now that looks like a huge mistake. Um, they also, in, in constructing this roster, have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley playing beside each other, which now we know does not work. Um, that is not going to be something moving forward that's tenable, that's going to win you championships. And then I- I'll throw a slight little bit of this on, on JB. Yes, you had you had a terrible, not, not the ingredients you wanted to, to, to do what you want to do, but at the end of the day, there's one thing that you, is free. Effort is free. Intensity is free. Work ethic is free. And an attitude or nastiness is free. I didn't see none of those free, three, free things being offered this series. And I could understand if the Cavs got beat straight up and Brunson and Julius Randle just outplayed us, right? Great. I'll clap it up for him and I'll show him some love because I believe in competition and I believe in saluting people who win the game. But I won't say that I'm satisfied with this season because the way that they ended this season was a joke because they didn't offer any resistance. They looked like they didn't even care to be there yesterday. And now we look to see what they're going to do moving forward. But no, I, I, I go to roster uh, I go to roster creation and also um, the coach and figuring out why the heck can't we look like we fighting.
0: Okay. Okay, guys. You know, Jason, you said this was hard. And I understand what you're saying. It's hard because everybody played like crap Mm -hmm. and everybody shares in the blame. However, to me, it's easy. Because although I can give a percentage of blame to everybody, you are 100% right. The biggest culprit is not the coach. It's not the roster construction, which both played a, a role in this. It is Donovan Mitchell. There's no doubt about it. The Cavs traded every asset they had, not some, not most, well, I guess most, because they still have Darius Garland Darius and Evan, and Evan right. Mobley. But besides Darius and Mobley, they literally traded every asset they had. And he was supposed to be a difference maker. The Cavs, if they didn't make this trade, would have been a good team this year. They would have probably made the playoffs, even without the Donovan Mitchell trade. Would they have? Could they have done any worse? I guess they could have gotten swept. Okay, does that matter? They really couldn't have done anywhere. If they had Colin Sexton, who sucks, and Larry Markkinen, who had a great year, they would have been just as good. Maybe they would have won less games in the regular season, and maybe they would have been a five seed or a six seed or whatever. I don't know. Maybe they would have been in the play-in. I don't think they would have. I still think they would have made the playoffs. Yeah, they would have. And would have done just as much as they did here. You brought in Donovan Mitchell because he's supposed to be the big swing, and you know what? I heard everybody go bananas for this guy. Score 71. I don't give a shit about his 71 freaking points. 71, who cares? The regular season don't mean squat. Nothing. It, it's meaningless. If they bring this exact team back next year, I'm sorry. I'm derelict in my duty as a sports guy, but I will not watch the Cavs play in the regular season. I'm telling you right now, I'm not if if they make changes, I'll watch. If they don't make any changes, I'm not watching a game. If that leaves me unable, I will read recaps and see highlights. I won't watch a game. That's it. I have no interest. The regular season means nothing. His performance this year means nothing. I don't want to hear all these idiotic debates that we and every other nitwit in this town had all season. Why is Donovan Mitchell not in the MVP conversation? Why is he not on NBA first team? Who gives a freaking crap? He sucked when it mattered the most. He was absolute trash. I don't want to hear about roster construction. Yes, that played a role. It shouldn't have mattered in this series. It shouldn't have mattered. Jalen Brunson played like a star. He did. Julius Randles, the second best player in the Knicks, he sucked the whole series, pretty much. He did. Not, he was a non-factor, a minor factor. But Brunson, with help from contributors, obviously Hart played well, and the two big guys played well. But Jalen Brunson was the star. He put the Knicks on his back, and he carried them to a championship. That 23.2 per game is completely misleading because of Game 1. He was great in Game 1. He was good in Game 2. And he was beyond trash in 3, 4, or 5. This guy doesn't belong in a superstar conversation. He doesn't belong in an MVP conversation. The only series he won, I think, was in the bubble, right? Isn't that the only time he's ever won
3: a series? He would not actually
1: win that series. When he scored fifty points twice. Well, oh, they lost the first, they round, lost the in the first
0: round. He's won two year.
3: series in six years.
0: Two series in six years.
1: Always some excuse.
0: And I'm sure by the end in two months he'll probably be whining to be out of here because everybody's a bunch of whiners. Instead of trying to come back and win, I want to go somewhere else. Everybody always wants to go they always want to take their bull and go home. That's because our society today is soft. Bunch of wimps, these young guys. This was a Oh, I want to drop an F-bomb so bad. It's embarrassing that we can't. It's a terrible job out of us that I can't drop an F-bomb. But they were d- disgusting, and Donovan Mitchell is without a doubt to blame. And if you're at home, listen to me, you people on YouTube, i look at this camera and that camera and that camera. If you're blaming, JB, listen, JB don't know what the hell he's doing. Let's be honest. All right? That's a little too strong. JB didn't do a great job. It's not that he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He didn't do a great job. Late in the game. When they purposely fouled and Darius Garland fouled out of the game, that was a major failure in coaching. The game was 99% over. You can't let your second-best player foul out. He should have been pulled out of the game there when he fouled out on defense. You're purposely fouling. You take him out of the game. You foul. And then after the first free throw, you you bring Darius back in for offense. That was a major flaw. And there were some mistakes he made, no doubt. But honestly, first of all, in this town, all we do is ever blame the coach for most things. We apologize for the players, and that's a soft mentality. The players lost this game. Blame J- JB. deserves some blame, and so does roster construction. But the players, more than any other sport, Jason, and you know this better than anybody, it's all about the players in the NBA, right? All about the players. If the Cavs had won this series, would we be lauding JB for his brilliant moves? No. It's all about the players, and more importantly, it's all about the stars. And the stars played like shit. That's it. Simple. End of story. All Their four best players were all crap in this series. Same. And that's why they lost. But mostly Donovan Mitchell played like a freaking scrub. That's it. Thanks for
2: watching. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. I, I actually don't have a problem with what Bull just said because uh, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Um, when you are a superstar, I, said, I saw back in the day when Kobe Bryant refused to shoot against the Phoenix Suns. Right? He sat on me and was like, man, you all think you all so good? Go ahead do your thing. I have seen what LeBron got. When you are the best player on a team, that's what happens. If you you don't get him over the hump, you the man, you're gonna get the critical, and you're gonna get the most blame. And, And I do believe his numbers is misleading and it's right. It looks like he's doing his thing, but when it came up to big moments when you needed a big shot, when you needed a big stop, he was not there to deliver what he was supposed to. But however, he didn't play the worst in this series. The person who played physically the worst in this series, I do not want to see back on this roster completely. Jared Allen, to me, not only when people, Jared Allen is the heart and soul of your team. No, Jared, look yeah. at that, that line. And I don't say I could do a lot of things, but four points and four rebounds. And the most damning part about the situation is his body language. His body language looked sheepish. It looked coy. It looked shy. It looked passive the entire game. At some point, he was just running up and down the court, getting cardio like this, trotting. When he he couldn't catch the ball, he couldn't defend anybody. He could. And we're not even talk about the physical nature of it. I'm going to say this. Just because Jared Allen was one of the first people we got on this team and signed him to a contract, that's our damn fault. That don't mean you good. That just means he was better than what you had. Jared Allen cannot be a major part of this team moving forward if you want to win a championship because he's unplayable against solid bigs. And when people say, well, Jared Young, Jared Allen is in, he's he is how old is Jared Allen? 25, 26. He's 25. He's, he's been in the league what is or He's six, been in seven league a year? 6 you, years. you don't you yeah, don't, come you don't come, this was his
3: third trip to the postseason yeah, I mean, by come the way. On. Yeah. Third trip.
2: And you don't come back with heart. Heart nah. is something nah. that you either you a rough rider or you not. He don't you don't come back with no don't no heart, no aggressiveness. And I I thought the series was dead when even yesterday Julius Randle put his clothes on Julius Randle didn't even keep a uniform on he said let me get my street clothes on i'm going to go sit over here put a hat on and go post up and they still Obi Toppin comes in is like don't don't worry i got you big dog 12 <laughs> points i got you dog 12 points Obi Toppin like like the Cavs roster is just it's just not it's just not good enough and by the way i'm rethinking where they are right we thought they was coming in at 4 but after the playoffs, I don't believe that you better you the you sure not better than the Knicks. Uh you're sure as hell not better than the Heat. And you might not be better than the Hawks. So if you want to run it back, yeah. be, be, be my be my guess. Because I, I don't believe you can you you might be a seven-seed next year. Yeah. Jason, think about this for a minute.
0: Like, and, and I'm not gonna get into detail on this because we'll talk a little more about it later. The eight-seed Heat beat the Bucks in five games. The seven-seed Hawks. Who most people thought would get swept by the Celtics, maybe a gentleman sweep at best, took, forced that series to six, playing a great fourth quarter to come back and extend that series. These teams are showing a lot of heart. Even the Nets, who were so undermanned right now, I know they got swept, but they like they were winning all those games. Like the, they, play, they played, they played up in the, the second Nets half. Got in three of the four games. They were at least playing competitive basketball against a much better team in Philadelphia. The Cavs were the worst team in the East in the playoffs. It's funny to me that. It's fascinating.
3: Had the Cavs not made the Mitchell trade, I don't think anyone would be nearly as angry as, as they are now. No, certainly not. Because if they ran back the team they had from last year, and I agree with everything you said, like what, what did they gain by making the Mitchell trade? They're still out in the first round. Right. Right? I wrote that this morning, actually. And I'm not opposed to the trade. Like I didn't think it was a bad no, trade. No, agreed. Like you, got, you think your, your window's opening, you got a chance to win, a superstar becomes available. I'm still going to call him a superstar. He had a horrible series. Yeah. I'm going to call him a star. You pushed all in you got them, but you could have gone out in the first round anyway, but it's if they ran this back and they lose with Markinen and they lose with Darius and Evan in the first round, everything goes the same. We're going to say, all right, well, Hey, they took that step. Last year was the play in this year. They made the playoffs, you know, they lost. It didn't go the way we wanted to, but that's okay. It's trading in the right direction. Everything changed when they made the Donovan right. Once you traded for Mitchell, you started the clock And, and that's why so much anger and vitriol. Is coming out today from yes. all sides because like you set yourself up for this this is what you wanted you exposed
1: right. yourself to this and now you have to deal
3: with it go ahead
1: mikey i got a bunch of super chats actually that we got to get to real quick before we move on here and as always when we read super chats it's brought to us by our dear friends at pcc airfoils if you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits well pcc airfoils is a leading manufacturer in northeast ohio all locations of pcc airfoils in east lake menor with the Minerva. Or hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up plus full benefit packages paid time off and a signing bonus you can apply online at precast.com/careers to learn more the chat is going crazy right now we appreciate everyone chiming in on who deserves the most blame we're going to touch on the Cavs in a bunch of different topics in a sec but by the way
0: anybody blaming JB more than as the top blame you give him percentage blame anybody blaming JB the most should delete their account on YouTube they should delete their <laughs> well, account Well, we did on a Twitter poll cuz there are a nitwit it's it's we, we did a YouTube poll,
1: and I'm going to let Anthony read the results real quick. Yeah. But JB was not number one, Anthony. How's the poll go? All right, so the poll. Who's to blame the most? Uh, we got 33% with Donovan Mitchell, 31% for JB. That's and actually, Donovan Mitchell just tied the front court for 33%. Darius Garland at 2%. He's safe. Nobody's putting it on his shoulders. So that's I, the poll. I have I, some super chats to read, then we'll move on. 31% that voted for
0: JB. I mean, that's you, silly. You're embarrassing yourself. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, first super chat from Tyler Becker. I put my Jared Allen jersey on eBay first thing this morning. I'll always ride or die with the Cavs, but man, I'm disappointed to be a fan of this team right now. 2016 NBA champs 216 says Jared Allen got flat out punked this entire series. Brody's bottom line says so Mitchell only got eight rebounds in two games. I think he means Allen. Allen, Allen only had eight yeah, rebounds yeah. in two games. Uh, Bob Byler says Stefanski and Bickerstaff are both soft and it shows in both their teams. Isaiah C said this during Bull's rant. Bull should have coached with that kind of energy. I can't wait to see him at Little League practice tonight when me and Anthony go out there to throw some strikes. And last one from Justin DW. The front court guys need to toughen up. Mitch single handedly controlled them both. I think next year, y'all will be top three, but Knicks to the Eastern Conference Finals. I know one way to get the front court to toughen up. Let's. Force feed them built bars nonstop sure. this summer. Let's go from a combined weight of about two hundred and fifteen for Allen and Mobley to two hundred and in twelve yeah. built bars a day, and you could use promo code lockdown fifteen for fifteen percent off at built.com on all built bars. So let's go to that next real quick. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, we can get to Alan. that one
0: second, just really quick, okay. and then we're gonna switch gears. Um, uh, just to follow up on your thought, I just want to say one one thing is that somebody tweeted to me and said, well, the Cavs are ahead of schedule. No 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 no, no. no, no, no. Once, as you said, if they had not made the trade, I think they'd be on schedule, even with a loss in the first round. Once you traded for Donovan Mitchell, the schedule changed. Yeah. We'll it's get that into simple.
3: that. I'm going to explain it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay, we've hinted about it for weeks, and I've sort of waited to see how the season would end, yeah. and we'll lay it all out. Yeah, yeah it's going to be up. a lot
0: to get to. All right. And to your point, you just said, Mike, as we get to the front court here, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley were out-rebounded by Mitchell Robinson over the last two games. They
3: were almost out-rebounded by Josh Hart. Pull up Josh Hart's numbers last night. I think Josh had one less. A guard had one less than Mobley and Allen combined. Beyond ridiculous. Here, have another water. You're
0: going to need it. (laughs) I'm definitely going to need it. So here's the thing. G just went off about you can't play Jared. I mean – I can't believe how bad these guys were. I can't even make a case. You think about their four best players. I can't make a case for any of them doing anything good. But specifically on the front court guys, when it comes to changing it up, yes, it feels like right now, okay, you got to you change it up. Here's the problem: if if they try to trade Jared Allen, why would anybody give up anything? He's making 20 million a year. He's never. He just showed you he's played played gutless basketball in the playoffs. His numbers for the whole series: nine and a half, seven and a half. What were, his, what were his points and rebounds, Mike, for just the last three games? I'd love to know that. It was probably like five and three.
1: Very low. I will look that up, but it, it's but very, very low.
0: Jason, what are they, they going to do about this front court? Is it possible to make a change, and if so, how? Well, here's, before we get to that, here's what's most
3: disappointing to me about – this is why I'm so disappointed in Jarrett. Yeah. Mitchell Robinson made fun of you after the game t- three. Yes, he did. He made fun of you with the shiver and the, ooh, and, yeah. and you know, they're shook. What was your response? They let them punk your ass again in four and five. Yes. That's on Jarrett. That's on Donovan. That's yes. on JB. That's on everybody. We saw what happened in the Memphis series when Dylan Brooks ran his mouth and acted yeah. like a, a moron yeah. and how the Lakers responded to that.
0: Yeah. Although Memphis did a good job yesterday winning the game. Yeah, but, but fine. But they'll
3: win. They'll lose the series. Lakers are going to win this yeah, series. Yeah. But but to just roll over again Pathetic.
0: after they made fun of you. Yeah. They made fun of you. They well, said and, and you're Jason, soft. to your point, last night, late in the game um, – Mitchell Robinson crushed Darius on a foul and then like stood over him and nobody Nobody did anything.
3: anything. Nobody did anything. (laughs) Gutless. So I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm not going to say trade Jared Allen based on this series. I'm not going to say that. He had a terrible series. He has been a tentpole to what they do defensively. He is in the regular season. He's a linchpin to what they do. And I'm not going to let one series say you have to trade Jared Allen, but the bigger picture is what we alluded to earlier. Can you win in today's NBA with two non shooting bigs? I mean, there's five guys in the paint. When Ev- I mean, Evan's three-point shooting regressed this year. He's down to like 21%. So, he's a non-shooting big right now. Jared Allen's a non-shooting big right now. So, you have those two guys, the two guys guarding them. There's four. And yeah. whoever's guarding Isaac Okoro, there's five. Right. Or Lamar Stevens, whatever. There's five guys in the paint. Yeah. In a playoff series. You can't win that way. There's nowhere. And that's why I blame Donovan. I'm going to give him the bulk of the blame. But at the same time, I'll acknowledge there's nowhere for him to go on the court. Like, you can't. There, there's Zero. no room. Because they're, they're, they, the floor isn't spaced properly. So for that reason, I think you do have to look at trading Jarrett, but you're right. Like what do you get for Jarrett? It's kind of like Ahmad Rosario is a left fielder. That's why they moved him back to shortstop. He has yeah. no trade value as a left fielder. What value does Jarrett Allen have as a seven foot rim running center who's making 20 million who doesn't shoot. All the, the, the best bigs today are skilled bigs who can dribble past and shoot. That's not Jarrett. Jarrett's not a shooter. He does shoot threes at the end of practice, but that's it. He's not a guy who's going to stretch the floor for you and you're not moving on from Evan Mobley. So I do think that they have to explore that. And I actually started calling a couple people this morning around the league, like, okay, what are you, what are you going to give me for Jared Allen? Right now? What are you going to give me? And i have never really got a good response. Like, I I don't know. I haven't looked at it, but you're not going to get what you really need, which is a, a wing who can dribble pass and shoot. Like those guys are the most valuable commodities in the league. That's what this team is missing. That's what they've been missing since LeBron left. And they've never been able to fill that spot. They traded for Lowry marketing and they reworked him into being a three and then they needed Lowry for the Donovan trade. But that's the biggest, most glaring hole on this team is wings who can dribble pass and shoot, especially the shooting part. I'm going to say it all offseason: shooting, 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 shooting. They've got to find more shooting. I don't know how they're going to do it right now. I don't know if Jared Allen's going to bring it back, but I do think that's something you have to explore, which is nuts. Because 11 days ago, we never would have said that uh, earlier this season. I had cast people tell me it doesn't matter what happens with, with Donovan, because we've got Evan, Jarrett and Darius, and that's Stop. a great threesome to have, Stop. but I don't know that you can say that anymore.
0: <laughs> Hell
2: no, you can't say Specifically that. Specifically no the more.
0: front court. You know, <laughs> obviously you don't think
2: it's, uh, you can bring back the same front court. No, listen, Jared allen it's just. Man, I, you know, I, it's so many, it's, and I'm not a loss for words so many times, but just to break it down on a basketball level and just so people just don't get too emotional because they'll just say, you guys are just being just over the top negative. Listen, man, if you can't beat the Knicks, and and no disrespect to the Knicks, and I said this before. See, this is the problem. Here in Cleveland, we got to understand what the barometer is. When we get hit with the barometer, it's an awakening. And instead of calling it what it is, we want to punt it down the street and just hope for the best. Let's just hope that they turn into something. The New York Knicks are a nice team. They're not winning a the championship. Nope. They're nowhere they're close to winning no championship. Nope. Like although they might end up in the Eastern conference finals. They may go they may go to wild. the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals, but the reality check that you got in the playoffs is you saw what your roster was. Now, is either you want to be a, a, a proactive about it and believe it, or you want to put your head in the sand and, and bury it in hope. This team is nowhere close to competing with as as what this roster is. Nowhere. I, when you talk about the front court, not only was he out-rebounded by Mitchell, Hartenstein, Toppin, Josh Hart. There was times Brunson had seven, eight rebounds, six, seven rebounds. Those things are not conducive. What we overestimated was the fact that Evan Mobley, we throw unicorn out there a lot. Listen, we need, we need it was more like my little pony. It ain't no unicorn yeah. right now. Right now, Evan Mobley is a five. That's what he is. He is a center. They need to play him as a center. At least if he is a center, he could play at 15 feet, take a couple triples and get to the basketball. But all the, all the pipe dreams of him pulling up like Kevin Garnett, or Dirk Nowitzki, or any of that—that that is not in the books right now. And if you want to bank your team on that, you're gonna you're gonna go back a couple of steps because you're you're not gonna make the, the the changes you need to make because you're hoping Mobley get there. They gotta play him at five. They need to go find a stretch forward of some sort that can shoot and go with him at, at five. But but the, the 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 twin towers, people forget. Tim Duncan and David Robinson used to hit a 15-foot jumper. We got two guys that can't do that. So stop saying Twin Towers. They got to split this apart. It's not going to work. They need to figure out. And that's why I loved about LeBron. LeBron put maximum pressure on the organization. That's why people don't really ever embrace getting LeBron because LeBron tells you, don't tell me how hard it is. Just get it done. And at this offseason, somebody has to tell Kobe Altman that. That's your job, to upgrade the roster. We don't care what you got to do. Lie on the telephone, do what you need to do. But this roster could not come back as is. By the way, there were a lot of people at the trade deadline. Our fans do this
0: all the time. They do this with the Guardians all the time. they were like, well, let's not mess with the chemistry. Oh, now, the Cavs didn't have anything to trade anyway, so I don't know that they could have gotten anything. But like this this whole don't mess with the chemistry is stupid. It showed you once again. In terms of specifically of the, of the front court guys, I think the Cavs are in a, in a tough spot. It doesn't feel like yes, it is somewhat prisoner of the moment to say, well, we don't want to bring this front court to back the same because they played so badly in the series. That's a little unfair. In the end, though, I I still think what you said, the paint's too clogged. It would make sense to move on from Jared Allen. However, I just don't see a teams knocking on the Cavs' door too much to trade for Jared Allen. But let me ask you this about Evan Mobley, Jason, because we've all thought, you know, Evan Mobley the. The ceiling is is the sky. Has the way he played in the playoffs changed that opinion at all? Or no, because it's he is really young, doesn't matter.
3: My opinion on him hasn't changed Unchanged. at all. Now, again, in the regular season, he shot 21% from three. That's yeah. got to be higher. He's got to get better at shooting threes yeah. to really reach his maximum potential. Here's the thing to remember about Evan. I mentioned this a few months ago. The Cavs are in a unique, uh, in a unique position because their best piece came last. And usually – Your best piece comes first. You're a bad team, you tank, whatever, you have a high draft pick, you get your foundational piece, and then you build other pieces around them. And the downside to that is, you know, you're in year four or five before you make the playoffs for the first time, and now you're up against his contract. So that's the downside to doing it that way. The advantage the Cavs have is they drop their best piece in last, so they have a lot of space now before they have to worry about his next contract. The flip side, the downside of that is – he came last. He's only 21. Right, right, this right. is only his second year. And you're asking him to play a major, major role against grown ass men in this series. Yeah. When typically guys in his position are on rebuilding teams, winning 30, 35 games. Right. And he's got a lot of time to grow and develop and mature. Again, when they brought Donovan in, it sped up his timeline too. That's right. And all of a sudden, the development of Evan Mobley took a back seat to winning, which it had to. That's the way it is. So, and I, I wrote it this year. I absolutely think some of Evan's growth was stunted by bringing Donovan here because you put the ball in Donovan and Darius's hands. Right. They're the engine that drive this team. And Evan, you're going to have to get the scraps and figure it out
0: where you can, right. as opposed to if Donovan wasn't here, there would have been a lot more of Darius going to focus to on Mobley. Evan. Yeah. Evan's growth. That's all gone. Right. Once you bring Darius in, right.
3: I don't have a problem with that necessarily, but it's going to stunt his growth. That's just the nature of it. So I'm going to, I'm not going to give him a pass for this series, but I didn't think he was the problem. Like, he needs to make more shots in the paint. Yes, he needs to develop a better three-point shot. Yeah. Yes, but I I saw nothing in this series that makes me say Evan is not the player. I know a lot of people are coming down on Evan and say yeah. stop with the Giannis, stop with the KG. I've always said Bosh, but Chris Bosh could hit a three, and that's that's where that's right. that's the part right. that, that Mobley facts. that's the part Mobley has to right. develop. And
0: and I would agree if of the four of their four big four, if you will. I'd blame him the least of the four guys, mm-hmm. but he didn't play He didn't play well. But he has the most – I would give him the, the most excuse for not
3: playing 21 years old in you. his second year, put in a really tough position. Yeah, but, all right,
0: we're going to switch to the backcourt now. We do First, that,
1: let's go to I Mike. have a stat about Evan Mobley, and this stat's brought to us by the USFL. I know we're talking basketball, but football season is still going on here in Ohio. Check him out down in Canton, USFL.com. Family fun for everybody. $10 a ticket, affordable, family-friendly fun. Check him out in Canton and around the country at USFL.com. Of all the things we could talk about with Evan Mobley, and he certainly was outplayed, out physical, and and looked like a young player learning how to play in a postseason against a physical team, he still led the Cavs in overall plus-minus. So when you look at to Jason's point, of all the players when they were on the court versus when they were off, he was their most efficient and most effective guy as far as keeping the Cavs within games. And I do agree with Jason that he deserves some blame, a small fraction in totality, but he is still 21, and we right. have to kind of temper our expectations. He gets the least G's blame, right. he played like though a frame, even he My didn't play pony. well. He did not play well. And G's point of, we thought he was a unicorn. He played like a My Little Pony doll in this series. Mm-hmm. That's totally fair. Yes. But in totality, he was not the reason they lost this no, season. He's no, he's not. No.
2: He's not. Like, he listen, he's, Evan Mobley is a second-year player who's undersized. He, he ain't got no meat on his bones at this point. And no, I'm not going to come it, – it, if you think that – the reason they lost is because of the coach or a second-year player. You're not listening or trying to understand right. basketball. That is unequivocally false. You got you got veterans and the guys that should should, should have been leading you were Evan Mobley. Now, excuse me, but Darius or not Darius Garland, but. Uh, Jared Allen, because he is the energy guy. He is the hustle guy. And a veteran. And a veteran who's been there, and Donovan Mitchell. And they didn't. So, I'm not even, that's the reason I haven't killed Darius Garland yet. But we're going to get to him, though. By the way,
0: I'm going to take everybody behind the scenes, all right? Mikey McNuggets is in my ear. He's twice in the last 30 seconds. Said Garland, he's like, Garland and Mitchell next. Garland. I am running the show here, Mikey McNuggets. You should be aware that when I run the show, I know what the hell I'm doing around here that's back. okay you keep us I on knew track. I knew we were starting with uh with the who's to blame I was ready to transition to the big guys I was ready to transition to the guards you don't have to whisper it in my ear I got to take it care of we got we got to get to Kevin Love <laughs> at some point that's is, next is, that's, that's coming up next right. don't worry. okay yeah you mentioned it briefly I want to get back there too let's talk about the guards specifically obviously they were a disappointment it is interesting <laughs> it is interesting that I know Garland's a little older than Mobley but because Garland was better in the regular season, like it was his first playoff too. Yep. We're not giving him a pass at all, even though he's not much older He's than got a $200 million contract and yeah. he's older. Right. He's been in the oh, league longer. And I'm not, I'm, I, I, I'm not giving him a pass either. Yeah. I'm just saying, I think it's funny because it was his first experience. So you can understand his struggles a little. I would also blame him less certainly less than Donovan Mitchell. yes, And I would actually blame him less than Jared Allen, even though more of his expected of him. But Jared Allen was awful. At least uh, Darius had moments. Right. Whereas Allen was completely useless the whole series. But specifically to the backcourt, obviously there were some... When you have two, essentially two point guards, two guys that are ball-dominant players, it's always going to be hard. And and that was the case at times with Darius and Donovan. Um I don't know if there was any frustration by either player, as this, you know, during the season or in the playoffs. Whatever, it seemed like they get along really well. I don't know. Uh, we do. There, there's been this. We've constantly talked about. At some point, Donovan Mitchell's going to want out of here. Uh, what do we think about this backcourt? How poorly they played, and what the expectation for them is going forward?
3: I don't. I'm not they weren't great in this playoff series, but I don't think that means that they're doomed to fail in every playoff series. I think that they could have a ton of success in the playoffs together, but now we can have the Donovan conversation and we've sort of been hinting about it for a while. And I've been trying to push it off and kick it down the road. I don't want to talk about this until we saw how it ended for them. Now we can talk about it. The talk all year long has been Donovan's going to New York. The first chance he gets like every time I talk to people around the league, it's well, Donovan's going to New York. Donovan had told you that. At his introductory press conference, he said, I thought I was going home. I thought I was going to New York. He went there last night. We didn't ask him about New York. He brought it up. He's the one who mentioned again and said, I'm I'm over it. Well, are you really? Because you're the one who's still talking about it. I didn't bring it up to you. And then once he brought it up, that's when I said, okay, what did you mean by that? Like, then we had a little bit more of a New York conversation after the game last night, but only because he went there first. So you have two years of control left on Donovan Mitchell and then a player option year. More than likely, he's not picking up the player option. These guys want to get back into free agency and get their next contract as soon as possible. You have two years left. Do you really think after all the assets that the Cavs gave up to acquire him, that they're going to run the risk of leaving, letting him leave and getting nothing in return for him? Right? No, you're going to have to trade him with a year left on his contract, unless you get a big extension out of him, unless you get a commitment out of him. I don't think that's happening from everyone I've talked to. He wants to go to New York. Now does New York want him? I don't know. But that's where he wants to go. That's well, where he wants they? to play. I mean. Well, I mean, Jalen Brunson's yeah. outplayed him two years in a row now. That's true. Well, and so there's. Together, you know. I don't know. Yeah. But that's, that's not our. Yeah. yeah that's not, not our, our concern. Yeah. So that, to, that tells me you have one year left with Donovan Mitchell next year. That's. It puts it all on next year. That is the last time that you have him without having to worry about having this trade conversation. Right. And I'll say one other thing. And I wrote this today in The Athletic. In 2010, when LeBron left the first time, Dan Gilbert told all of the people close to him, I should have traded him with a year left on his contract. Now, think about that. LeBron James, MVP, best player in the league. Yeah. Dan wanted to trade him in 2009. Says he should have traded him in 2009, and he would have come out and said he wouldn't commit to us. We can't, we can't risk losing the asset right. for nothing. We had to trade him. If he felt that way then, and he has said, I will never let another player hold my organization hostage again. Yeah. If he felt that way then, how do you think they're going to feel now and treat this now? Well, let me ask you two
0: questions on follow-up to that. Number one, Dan is obviously not involved is, in the team. Well, I mean, he's still, The same way, the yeah. same way, obviously involved, but not, not to the same degree as you pointed out. Does that change the dynamic of I at I don't think all? so because no, okay. Dan
3: doesn't meddle on a day-to-day basis. His The way it has been described to me in the past is Dan's voice isn't heard as often, but when he wants it heard, yeah, it is her It is and something loud. Like this, he's in the mix. Yes, yeah. something like this. He is absolutely in the mix. So it's not so much the day to day stuff, but major decisions like this, he is still
0: final say on stuff like this. All right. The other question is, if they talk, I would assume they might try to talk to Donovan Mitchell about an extension this off season. Is that something they could they would do? I mean, I'm
3: sure that the conversation is fluid and right. constant in terms of what he wants. If he makes
0: it clear to them this off season. That there's no chance he's staying here long term. Is there a chance they trade him this offseason?
3: I I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Because that, that gives you more opportunity to recoup more assets, but that would also be admitting a mistake that trading for him initially, if you trade for him and you go to the playoffs and lose and win one playoff game and lose in the first round and then immediately trade him again, that's admitting a mistake. And I don't know that they're ready to to say that's a catastrophic mistake. mistake. And one other thing to keep in mind, you're going to see you're, this is, this is, I mean, I'm, we're talking about this now. You're going to hear this about Giannis in Milwaukee. You're going to hear this about Damian Lillard in Portland. All of these stars are going to start exiting. And there's only so many monster trade packages going around and teams that fit. Do you want to be first or
0: do you want to be last
3: in terms of trading these guys?
0: And in terms, in terms of, well, you're admitting a mistake. Okay, sometimes you make a mistake. Is is it better to move on from the mistake? Not that Donovan Mitchell's a mistake, because he's a great player and who didn't have a good series. I, 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 we all thought it was the right thing to do. I still think it was the right thing to do yeah. at the time. But it may now be, like, if you say, well, if you don't trade him, if you trade him now, you're admitting a mistake. Well, if you wait one more year, you're saying, well, let's try to win a championship next year. Does anybody think the Cavs are going to win a championship next year? Not right now. I mean, it,
3: that's- but I do think Evan Mobley in year three is going to take another leap. Okay. You know, I do think Garland is going to be better for this experience. Uh, they need help. They need bench how help. How are they going to get that?
0: That's, I, that's I, the fascinating yeah, thing. I don't know. Yeah. And,
3: you know, I was talking to somebody this morning who said, like, look at the heat. Max Struess played 30, I don't know, front, almost 40 minutes last night. He was a league minimum guy that they developed. Uh, Gabe, help me out, Mikey. What's Gabe's Vincent. last name? Thank you. Gabe Vincent me
0: knowing that. Yeah. Look, it's an upset right there. Gabe
3: Vincent <laughs> played 39, 40 minutes. Yeah. League minimum guy, Kevin right. Love. They got off the scrap heap, got for nothing. The league minimum guy. Duncan even,
1: Robinson was an undrafted guy who they yeah. turned into a guy who got, and a they even lost. What's his name?
0: Uh, they had an injury. Hero.
3: But the, but the problem yeah. is these are guys that are now two, three years into their development. Yeah. It's hard to find these guys and have them be instant contributors right yeah. now on a championship team. And the Cavs are out of time. If yeah. we're talking and, and listen, I'm going to get this, like, this is going to, people are going to misunderstand this, that I'm saying they need to trade Donovan this summer. I'm not saying this, blame him. He's the one that asked me the question. Yeah, I'm not, but I know how this goes. I'm going to get blamed for saying that, that Donovan, that they need to trade Donovan now. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I do think they run him back next year with him and play this out again. But he will be traded next off season, most likely. The way it stands now, barring, Something barring a deep, deep playoff run next year, right. barring a reason to get him to change his mind, I think the Cavs have to entertain the idea so, of trading so, him. Next see that? Offseason. So,
2: so that's why. That's why, like you said in the beginning, if they run back the same roster, knowing that I'm not interested in watching them, not not interested. I'm at not. All. I'm not going to watch because well, nobody ever runs
3: it back the same. There's well, always change.
2: I, I mean, but if you come back with the same core guys and some league minimum dude. Like, because what we're saying is, okay, we can't get none for Jared Allen. Okay, well, Donovan Mitchell probably will leave and we'll have to trade him for something with two years left on his deal. And we still got Garland who got $200 million, And we'll wait on mobile Like, where in, where are the big changes? Where are the big? Here's what I'll say in defense of Kobe. In
3: 2018, I wrote, they're screwed. They're, like, they, they, there is no way they can salvage this roster and fix this roster. And yeah. it was, I mean, the building was on fire. And he maneuvered enough. He found enough magic beans to get Rodney hood in here and Jordan Clarkson in here. And they were not great players, but it changed enough of the dynamic of the locker room that it got the Cavs back to the finals. Now they lost in the finals, but he made more moves than I thought. I didn't see. I didn't see the path to getting some of that
2: stuff done. He's going to have to do that again. And
0: I don't, and again, I'm looking at this going, I don't see the path.
3: Yeah. I
2: don't know what it is. He's going
0: to have to do some real good work this off season to make this team better guys. Let's get to something else. I want to get to Kevin Love in a second. but well, One one last thing uh, on the current Cavaliers, and that's the coach, J.B. Bickerstaff. Yeah. Obviously, he didn't do a great job in this no. series. But no. I think we all agree he's lower down on the blame list in terms of who you're blaming on the team. Is he, defi- is he definitely back? Should he definitely be back?
3: I think he definitely should be back, yes. And I know that's not very popular. I know people yeah. are going to scream and holler and say, you're an idiot, he's got to go. I think that's emotional and reactionary in the moment. I think it's an incomplete. I don't know how you can grade him. Look at what he was given he this is a coach and I know you have to adapt your style to your personnel. I wholeheartedly agree with that, but he likes playing big. He's said it multiple times. He proved it last year with the market and Mobley Allen. He likes size. He likes playing big. He had no bigs to bring off the bench in this series. None. Dean Wade was threw up all over his shoes and he was the one guy who was the stretch four who we thought could stretch the floor, give him some rebounding. He was supposed to be that Kevin Love yeah. replacement. And he was just haunted by the by Kevin leaving Cleveland, yeah. and fell apart.
0: But let me, but Jason, let me ask you this though: like you just mentioned the Heat, that's a like Eric Spoelstra is one of the best coaches in the they're league. They are the
3: right? anomaly; they're not the norm.
0: But it proves that it is possible, right? With
3: like good it, scouting, good development, I, good coaching. It's I don't possible. think it's
0: a it's a short thing that JB should be fired. I do think he's probably going to be back, but at least behind the scenes, if there's a better, if there's a guy you think is a better coach, shouldn't that be considered? Of course, and right? that's why. I've said
3: for months, a lot of teams are going to have the email Odoka conversation because he was the best coach on the market and Houston beat everybody to the punch. Yeah, yeah. Houston knew that he was going to be the hottest coach on the market and yeah. they snatched him now before other teams could really start making moves and, and, and firing their coaches. Right. Right. Nick nurse is out there. I know he won a championship. There's, there's just, I'm not sure that that's really, I mean, talk to people in Toronto. Yeah. I just don't know that that's really where you want to go. And outside of that, I don't know that there's a great coaching option out there. Right. That I wouldn't is significantly some better. I would random
0: young coach. And that's, and that's, that's the
3: really thing. Sense. Like, that's – anytime you have a conversation with someone, a, a GM or front office guy about firing a coach, the first thing they say is, okay, who are you going to get? Right. You got to make sure you get somebody better than the guy you got, or what, do you, what are we doing here? And that's the hard yeah. part of this. I don't think – listen, JB did not have a great series, but – I, I would put him third or fourth or fifth on
2: the list of why they're in the here, here's, here's, here's why there's, a, this is a major issue is because when JB does not have an offense, when you have a limited roster from a skill set standpoint, you cannot just roll the ball out there and run pick and roll all season and not develop any sort of go to, like, that's not going to work. And so what you ended up seeing at the end of the game is okay in, in this series, If Donovan and Darius don't do anything, we're screwed. If Donovan and Darius don't hit shots, we're screwed. There was no effort to get Evan Mobley into certain spots. I don't even know what his offensive game includes. I don't know where he likes to get the ball. That just means you haven't tried to develop it. You can't go into a season and just say, here you go, and then wonder why. When everything bogs down, everything slows down, people are looking at you. And here's another indictment on JB. The bottom line is the pace of this team is entirely too slow. I agree with that. They are not an old, decrepit team. They got guys that are athletic in Garland and, and, and Mitchell that can get out. Evan Mobley can run the floor. Jared Allen can run the floor. Why are you playing the slowest pace ever? You, that means yeah. you get no easy buckets. You get no transition buckets. And they every, never throw those long Kevin Love passes. You, you, can, you can never yeah. – everything is, is – the defense is set looking at you and saying, give me your best shot. And at least the Knicks, they're not a running team. But look how the Knicks sped the pace up. R.J. Barrett, when they were trying to come back, R.J. Barrett and, and Hart just pushing the ball They quickly. were turning
3: turnovers into easy baskets. Baskets. Night. And to your point on the pick and roll, I know I mentioned this on the show before, when I went and spent time with Mike Brown and in, in the fantastic job he's done with Sacramento, and I'm thrilled for him. Mike's one of my favorite people in the league, and I think he's done a marvelous job in Sacramento. One of the first things he said to me was, in the postseason, teams are going to take away what you do best. You, you like to run, pick, and roll. That's the easiest thing to take out. What yeah. else do you got in your bag? That's right. And we and saw that
1: play out in real
3: time yeah. in this series.
1: Mikey, you got something. Yeah, we got two super chats, and one's a question directly for Jason. We'll start with this, though, from Always Balling 7. I said it on the postgame show last night. The guys read it, but the Cavs need a veteran vocal leader like P.J. Tucker, Pat Beverly, Draymond Green, etc., who won't Not take it. Not Pat Beverly. Not Pat Beverly. A player like that would be huge for the Cavs. And then Evan419 has a question directly for Jason. Jason, without saying the players like him, what is JB good at? He's been a coach since 2015. I think we know who he is.
3: JB grew up in the NBA, first of all. So that's important. Like, he grew up around the game. His dad was a coach. He gets it. He understands it. He's good at coaching defense. They've had a really good defense the last couple of years. Now, I'll have a caveat to that in a minute. And I have ADD. Don't let me forget it. Okay. But – Yeah. The players do like him. Yes. They respect him and his offense. I didn't love the offense. I've said it all year. They're too pick and roll heavy. I don't see him running a ton of plays. They just run pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. It's the first thing that gets taken away. But I don't think that we have a big enough record to say definitively, he's not a good NBA coach. He doesn't know what he's doing. I didn't agree with all of his rotations, but listen, there's probably five elite coaches in the NBA and there's five really bad coaches and everybody else is just sort of in the middle. And right now, to me, he's just sort of in the middle. And I don't think he's going to necessarily win you a series, but I don't think he's really going to lose you a series. And I think there's very few coaches out there who can really win you a series. And I said this before, the Cavs made a lot of mistakes those first couple years post-LeBron, a ton of mistakes. And they've been able to cover most of them and repair most of them and fix most of them. The one mistake that I think could haunt them was firing Ty Ty and Kobe clashed badly. Yeah. After the championship, after LeBron left and all that. And it just felt like that was Ty Lou is a postseason coach. And I know the Clippers lost, they had, they lost their two top guys. What do yeah. you expect? Right. In a postseason series, Ty Lou can tie another team into knots. And that's what I want in a head coach. And that's the one mistake that I think they made early on that they may not be able to recover from. But having said that, I don't know that we know definitively yeah. who, t- who J.B. is. J.B. took over a really bad team. You know, in the interim coach, the Rockets were a mess when he got the interim chance. I thought he got screwed in Memphis. I thought he was a better coach and he deserved more of a chance there. Uh, here, you know, he took over for line. The locker room was a mess. They hated line. The team was a mess. So that's a lot of losses that get pinned on him. Uh, really, last year was the first time where he had a team that was ready to take a step. And they did. And this year, the 50-win team, I, I, I don't but want to comp- – both years,
0: they lost when it mattered.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they lost uh, play-in tournament games, yeah. and now they go out and get Donovan, and they lose in the first round. So, I don't want to completely dismiss the regular season, but we've proven, and I've said a million times, the regular season is nothing like the postseason, and we saw that play out
0: in the last couple of weeks two things number one uh, the, number two is getting back to your caveat about his, his defense. the defense yeah but real quick i think your statement about five at the top five at the bottom i think that's actually in every sport i think they're really probably maybe some of yours at six some mean whatever that's probably but true but most of the coaches in most sports are somewhere in the middle yeah now let's get back to what you said there's a caveat about his defense so
3: that he, he's great at coaching defense and they had yeah. a great defense this year and defense isn't why you know everyone wants to scream about the rebounding and it was an issue you know yes it was and the guards can't be out-rebounding your two bigs. But again, I, and last night's the exception. The Knicks shot the ball really well last night. But the first three losses, 99-101, 102 points. If you're holding a team to 99-101, 102 points, you should be winning those Especially games. Especially in this NBA. Yeah, the yeah. defense is not why the Cavs lost this series. But I would I will say this. like I've talked to people around the league who say like you can have – you can't be the worst team defensively. I might have said this on the show the other day. You can't be the worst defensive team, like the absolute worst, and expect to win. But you don't have to be great defensively in That's the right. NBA. You can be mediocre to even bad. But if you have elite shooting, it's going to cover it. In today's NBA, you know we used to say all the time, defense beats offense. You know You can't right. say that anymore, especially in the NBA. If you have great shooting and bad defense, you can win. If you have elite defense and bad shooting, you're
2: not going to win. And, Same we thing saw of that. Same and thing in football. Same thing football. You gotta have the offense. Yeah. You have a mediocre to subpart so, defense. So so what you're telling me as yeah. I as I take notes on this, so you have a mediocre coach you don't know much about. You just miss somewhere in the middle. Um you don't have a really top notch starting five. You have no bench, you have no assets. That about sums it up. You yeah. don't have any cap space.
3: I think four of their five
2: starters are pretty good. I think their starting five is
0: is good. It's, it's not the best, but it's good. Yeah. But the rest is fair. I mean, the coach is middle of the road, it seems, I, 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 and I, the I, bench sucks. See, here's the
3: thing with their with their starting four, like core four, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Like, when Miami first assembled a big three, when LeBron went there and they were the first one to really assemble this, this super team of three max contracts and then a bunch of scrubs, well, those three max contracts were Hall of Famers. All three of them. Yeah. Hall of Famers. That's a little bit different. You can carry a little bit different, a, a weaker bottom half of the roster when right. you have three Hall of Famers. Yeah. Darius Garland may one day be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not ready to declare him a Hall of Famer. Evan Mobley may one day live yeah, up to right. the potential, but I'm not ready to declare that. Donovan Mitchell, same thing. So they're four. Is not good enough to carry That's right. five through nine. That's right. Because they're not they're not the big three Hall of Fame style that we've seen work in the big three era. They are three monster superstars. Cavs aren't there yet with those I, I, guys. I, but well,
2: here's the thing: I would I would say I would argue that Jared Allen. If you go you want to look pick for pick and get guy for guy, Cavs don't got a Mario Chalmers on this team. They don't even have a Norris Cole. They sure as hell don't got no Udonis Haslam being gritty, tough. They don't got that. They don't have any. They don't have Jawan Howard. They don't have sharp shooting like Ray Allen coming off the bench. When you start to look about how these teams is is constructed, and we we have the we have the benefit of the doubt of finding and looking at the way that the Cavs won in 2016. This team is light years. I mean, it, it's not even in the same. It's not even the same ballpark. Like as far as, and it's not just the top guys. It's the role guys. It's the Kyle Corvers, It's the you know the Kevin Love guys. The guys that the J.R. Smiths. You know J., how good even do then on the scrappy uh, Deli guy. J.R. Smith on his team. Come on, J.R. Smith was a knockdown shooter. He played. He really guarded the, the best player on the opposite team defensively. This, I mean, think about that. Like they don't have anybody of so that caliber. We're saying all this now. Like none of us were saying much of this.
0: I guess you were. Some, well, some I was of saying. Things. But most of us were living in La La Land thinking this team was going to be really good. Did we overrate the talent? Here's what we I, tend to overrate our own players. Here's what
3: I missed, and I should yeah. have known better, about the lane, playing two non-shooting bigs together. Yeah. I should have seen that coming. And I, and I just missed it. I just missed how that would play in the playoffs. Because to your point, G, in 2016, like I don't think Mike Budenholz was a very good coach, and he's proven that again. But he was near, I think I've said this before. He was near tears on the podium in Atlanta, oh, like legitimately couldn't do despondent. He had no idea what to do with the Cavs. When you have Kyrie and LeBron coming downhill, driving yeah. to the bucket, and you got Channing Fry over here, J.R. Smith over there, and Kevin Love back there. How are you supposed to stop that? You yeah. can't stop that. Right. And that's the way to win. And today, when you have two ball-dominant playmakers like they did then and like they do now – that's how you win is you put three shooters on the floor with them. And that's the part that I missed. And I should have known that. Let's wrap up our Cavs
0: conversation with Kevin Love. You just mentioned Kevin Love there. I think we, I know I did
1: mm.
0: say who cares? Get rid of Kevin Love. We were convinced by the Cavaliers and by his play when they got ri- when they took away his minutes, that he was done. Clearly he's not done. He's being used wisely by a great coach five threes last night was has had big games in the series, including last night on a roll. He has the champions out game, the championship DNA. Yep. He would have been the best outside shooter, you know, besides the big guys. They made a huge mistake. Who do you blame for that? More Kobe or JB.
3: I'm I'm going to I'm going to take the easy way out and I'm going to blame I'm going to blame Kevin and jo- JB and Kobe. I'm going to blame them all. Okay, because Kevin, I, I understand. Listen, it was a mistake. Like we could say it, we can definitively say it with our chest at this point. They made a mistake and I think he had 15 points and seven rebounds last night. What do the Cavs need most right now? Three point shooting and rebounding. That's what he gave Miami. He's a key rotational piece for them and they got him for nothing. Yes. Now I agree. I think Eric Spolster is the best coach in the NBA. I think Pat Riley is still a master at what he does the way that they find talent and mind talent, develop it. They are the elite of the elite in the league. But from the Cavs' perspective, they were concerned like Kevin was moody this year. We've seen Kevin be moody in the past. We've seen even when he was playing, we've seen the outbursts. And they were concerned with, with Kevin not playing. And, and at the moment, he was unplayable. What's it going to be like in the locker room? Is he going to be a problem? Here's the thing. Good, good solid, sound leadership can fix this stuff. And that's what they didn't do. And they chose to just move on from him and they wanted to do right by him. I do believe that he's meant so much to the organization. He wanted a chance to play. I've said it a million times. He wanted another contract. He thinks he could still play in the league. He needed a chance to play. He wasn't getting that chance here, but some of his behaviors in the past, some of his behaviors this year, I understand why the Cavs felt like we can't have him around here if he's not playing because we know how this is going to go. So I get that from their side of things. But I also think bring it in and fix it with Kyrie, bring it in and fix it. He says he wants out. He says, I will never play another minute with LeBron, bring it in and fix it. And they didn't do that. And that's where I think if you have a Pat Riley type of figure in the organization, if you have someone who can lead, who can bring this in, have a conversation, try and patch this up. Kobe said, I will never play another minute with Shaq. Like he went on Stephen a Smith and said, I will never play for the Lakers again. And what happened? And he did. They kept him. And I just think that there's ways to try and mend the fences. But Kevin made it clear that he was done with the coaching staff. He wanted out and they granted his wish. And now you see what happens now when they need him the most, he's delivering for Miami.
2: You know, I, I look at it like this. I talk about Stefanski all the time. I talk about coaches. Coaches now, they don't understand that it takes more to lead men than knowing what you're doing, X's and O's. That is a small part of what your job is. Your job is a motivator. Your job is a guy that is supposed to put out fires. You're a guy that's supposed to be able to communicate very well in tough situations to get people to buy into what you're saying. The option can't always be fire people. People always say, well, G Bush, you always talk about management and you talk about that thing. No, 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 management skills translate to anything you're doing management skills translate to whether you you manage the people who dig ditches or you manage the people who are flying airplanes or managing cia agents you have to have a certain level of rapport and a communication style that lends itself to people buying in and when when people say oh it's rumblings he's a little moody that's life everybody gonna be a little moody Bull just told Mikey McNuggets in a nice way. Shut the hell up! I'm got this. <laughs> That's right. Stop talking in my ear, dog. I got it. Mikey wait, say. Wait till hey, I throw a 75. I, I'm waiting for him to the say. Let's get to baseball. <laughs> right, let's, let's get to th- the Guardians. So th- and look, I'm ready for it. And we re- so so at the end of the yeah. day, you know what happens? We all say, "All right, listen, yeah, let's do it right. and keep it moving." That's right. I'm not gonna worry too much about mood because guess what? The collective will make sure that nothing bad happens. You're both
0: you're both right. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. There's got to be a guy in that organization that says, I don't give a crap that you're unhappy. Here's what we're going to do, and we're going to keep playing. If you don't like it, tough whatever. The Cavs don't have that.
3: Here's the thing. Kevin Porter Jr. sent away. J.R. Smith sent away. Andre Drummond sent away. Kevin Love sent away. Kyrie Irving sent away. And and I understand the philosophy of we, don't, we want if you don't want to be here, we don't want you here. We only want guys who want to be here. Well, this is Cleveland in the wintertime. It's hard to find guys who really want to be here. Yeah, um, And I just think in, in some of those, I get why the guys were sent away. And in some of those, I think that there's paths to mend
0: the relationship that weren't expected. And they haven't done a good job figuring out when they can do that. Yeah. All right, great hour conversation about the Cavs. We'll do some more NBA later when we talk about some of the other series. We're going to, in a moment, switch gears and talk some Guardians. But first, let's talk to Mikey McNuggets.